1: and welcome to a premium episode of richard Serrett's strange planet thanks for sticking me in your ear and on this episode my guest will outline why he believes that ufos and aliens are our future human descendants coming back through time to visit and study their own hominin evolutionary past dr michael masters is a professor of biological anthropology At Montana Tech in Butte, Montana, he received a Ph.D. in anthropology from The Ohio State University in 2009. His current research program centers on hominin evolutionary anatomy, human variation, archaeology, and biomedicine. In 2019, he published Identified Flying Objects, a multidisciplinary scientific approach to the UFO phenomenon, which examines the premise that UFOs and aliens may be our human descendants returning from the future to visit and study their own, again, evolutionary past? His second book, The Extra-Tempestrial Model, published in June of this year, 2022, analyzes well-documented cases of abduction and other contact modalities in the context of this time travel model and other theories put forth to elucidate this complex and mysterious phenomenon. Dr. Michael Masters, welcome. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very well.
1: I'm very awesome. well. Uh, how did you get involved in this field, coming from a background of biological anthropology?
0: Well, I mean, in a way, I, I may have actually chosen biological anthropology because of this field. Uh-huh. Um, it's sort of a, a weird yin-yang situation, I guess, where I've, I've been interested in the question since I was a, a young child, about eight years old. And uh, learning that UFOs were real, at least in the context of someone I knew and, and trusted having seen one close up, uh, so that kind of challenged my my worldview a little bit. And then, um, as a result of this encounter, it was it was my father actually. He got Whitley Streber's book Communion, and uh, that that quintessential gray alien on the front cover, which inspired so many other people and and triggered so many other people's memories of actual encounters. I've never had one of my own, but it was instrumental in, in shaping my pursuit because I, I wondered if there could be a connection. I saw so much humanness in this individual and um, it, obviously not reminiscent of our past, but what seemed to be something that would characterize our evolutionary future. So I, I'd i started out in physics Uh, And astronomy to kind of look at UFOs in that sense, sort of the nuts and bolts approach, but then switched to biological anthropology because I thought it would be maybe a different approach uh, or just something I was more interested in, I guess, to look at the evolutionary aspects of this in the context of the the visitors themselves. So that kind of became the main focus uh, really ever since.
1: So when you're researching this, you're you're taking what's called an abductive reasoning approach Now I understand deductive reasoning mm-hmm. so like there's a general rule and then you you come to a, a specific conclusion uh or, and inductive reasoning there's a specific observation and then that leads to a general conclusion which may be true. What's abductive reasoning?
0: Well abductive reasoning's different because you start with um you basically start with a question and then weigh all of the evidence. And evidence, when it comes to UFOs, is a little bit different than how we would consa- consider the standards of evidence in strict scientific terms. So we have to acknowledge that caveat. But you're basically looking at everything available, all available information, and trying to essentially make inference to the best explanation to figure out what explains um, all of these different observations and these different bits of data the best it's it's kind of the most parsimonious explanation sort of the occam's razor approach where you're not making any sort of um strong conclusion you're not able to say there's causality involved like you could with uh with other approaches that that have uh you know solid statistical methods and you're um you're controlling for variables and Sort of experimental setting, but but you're able to look at everything and just try to say this makes the most sense considering all of the different uh, all of the different data that's available to us. And as as we get more data, as our our knowledge of, of physics and, and astronomy and astrobiology and anthropology and all of these other fields evolve, especially with regard to quantum mechanics, I think is going to be instrumental. Then you can modify that that interpretation you you get new data you you reassess that in the context of of what the best model is at any given time but so so i essentially just try to uh make an inference to the best explanation what makes the most sense in the context of what we do have available to us now so um
1: what little i know about abductive reasoning is you you the, the research starts with kind of like a surprising fact or a puzzle. So in this case, what are the surprising facts or puzzles?
0: Well, I think the most important surprising fact or puzzles is that UFOs are real. That's sort of the starting point where from that point, um, yeah, it, that that is the observation. And then from that, uh, if, and, and for a long time, that wasn't even a good starting point because there was a lot of debate about whether or not this was even a real phenomenon. And, and I remember in my first book in 2019, it really hadn't been established yet. So I would start off saying if UFOs are real, um, let's consider whether or not they could possibly be us from the future. So that was still the observation then, um, but but with this, that now the observation isn't just that UFOs are real. I think that's been generally established, uh, except for some dogmatic debunkers and others who aren't paying attention to what's going on. But we can we can take that. We can also take, I think, an, another important side of the same coin, which is the uh, the abduction, the contactee accounts, which should absolutely be considered. It's it's a more tenuous aspect. Of the phenomenon. There's no doubt about that. But when we're talking about observation or sets of observations, and then we're trying to seek the simplest and most likely explanation, we, we need to consider everything. And there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't be taking into account the the real experiences of of honest, reliable people, these eyewitnesses. We we can't just stop with whatever pilot saw whatever thing or captured, you know, their Fleer, go fast, gimbal. All these videos are important. We need to take those into account as well, but we should also be discussing the, the, the people who have the closest encounter, those who are taken aboard the ship, those who have face-to-face interaction with these visitors. And that was really the focus of my most recent book because I think we're leaving a lot of important information out if we don't also consider those. What does extratempestrial mean? Well, I was trying to come up with a, a term and there's been others put forth too. I've, I've seen chrononauts uh, UFO knots. Um, Dr. Michael Swords uh, used that in a 1985 paper written for MUFON, where he discussed the same idea at length. He did a very good analysis of it. Um, but I, I, wanted to to coin a term that I felt could uh, sort of bridge this gap. Every, everyone knows the term extraterrestrial. In fact, it's become such a buzzword that we just fill it in in any gap. We, we, if you watch ancient aliens, it's always extraterrestrials, extraterrestrials. And, and I think that that sort of pigeonholes the conversation. And we need to move past that and, and broaden our lexicon to, to just something more general. And, and you know, you got to give credit to Whitley Strieber for doing that really early on uh, in his, his, uh, his book, Community, just referred to them as the visitors. And I've sort of adopted that in my most recent book, too. I'm trying to make a case for them being extra tempestrial, being time travelers, but we still don't know for certain. So I, I try to use that general term, but the, the word itself just takes the, the common jargon of extraterrestrial, which means outside of earth and replaces that key root term in the middle the Latin root tear, meaning earth with the Latin root temp time. So switching out that changes not just the word, but the, the origins of these visitors uh, going from them being outside of Earth to being outside of time because they very well could and most likely do live on the same Earth, but just in a future time uh, that may be an approximate or it may be our more distant future. Listen to the entire bonus episode on
1: Strange Planet Premium. Subscribe at strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. Or click the link in the episode show notes. We're offering listeners 50% off yearly subscriptions between now and Christmas Day. Use the code HOLIDAY at checkout. I hope to see you on the premium feed.